Hey, what's up? Thanks for listening to the John Cast Podcast. I'm going to get to Tim Dillard, my guest, in just a few seconds. But if you could just stay with me, I want to explain a couple of things. Uh, the Ian's Pizza John Cast Podcast Bracket Contest is now officially over. I won the whole thing. I won it. I won my own bracket contest. But you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to take that 58-inch TV. Nope. Uh, instead, DDS Pours. I don't even know his real name yet, but congratulations. He won it, and thanks to bonus points, he won it. Speaking of these bonus points questions that I gave out during the Ian's Pizza Bracket Contest, um, if you didn't click on the link and weren't a part of the Bracket Contest, you can still win by answering those trivia questions. Send me the three answers. There's three trivia questions through three weeks, one per week. Go back in the podcast. Send me all the answers and say that you want to be – uh, into that me and Julio gift card drawing. And I'll hook somebody up with a $20 gift card to me and Julio, one of the fine sponsors of this program. Also another fine sponsor, of course, Ian's Pizza in Madison with three locations. We're going to be working on our next giveaway with Ian's. And uh, keep an eye out on social media. I'll put up a video of uh, when we gave away the TV. Um, and then also brought to you by Scani. And you can go check out John Cast Podcast. Dot com and go pick up a t-shirt here let's see uh here's the one don't get bored that's what chauncey billups told the badger volleyball team after winning a championship what do you got to do next the next season to, to stay competitive don't get bored i love that shirt um also this is just for any college sports fan in the city of madison or the state of wisconsin a little outline if you're watching on spotify by the way you can see all these um we've got the Giannis quote shirt we got the athens thing and uh, Chico. So go check those out, johncastpodcast.com. All right, I've wasted enough time. Let's get to Tim Dillard. What happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career. And in the meantime, joins the 4 million other podcasts on the internet and the John Cast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play -play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The John Cast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. We are in episode number 44 of the John Cast podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. And I've got a great guest here to talk about the Major League Baseball season and a little bit of whatever else we decide to talk about today. And it's Tim Dillard of Bally Sports, Wisconsin. How are you, Tim? I'm good. I'm good. Feeling feeling awesome here. <laughs> you came on before the show and you, you I said, oh, I love your shirt. It's it's awesome. And then you pointed out something that I, I, I don't know how many people catch that. No one does. It's missing an E. So it's not all the way awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Why Partially. do you have a misspelled awesome shirt? If you're watching on Spotify, you can watch this uh, with Tim. Yeah, yeah if it's based on true events, I uh, was spelling the word awesome. I'm not a good speller. I don't claim to be. I'm not good at grammar either. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just spelled awesome wrong. And I was like, is that right? I can't tell. And then people were making fun of me. So I was like, I thought it was funny for awesome to be misspelled. So I put on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's an awesome shirt. Do you sell yeah. those? I was checking out your website before <laughs> the interview today. You should put those on the website. Yeah, that's tough uh, when you're trying to do t-shirts you know you got to get different sizes and uh and all that jazz but i love i got hundreds of designs for t-shirts i just haven't gotten to that spectrum yet yeah <laughs> i actually partnered with scani in in madison and in uh here and i i made some john cast podcast t-shirts 
Uh, by the way, johncastpodcast.com, if you want to go support the podcast and buy a t-shirt. They're kind of Wisconsin-themed. I don't have a Brewers one yet, though. Uh, I mean, trademark so infringement. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not – okay. All right, hold on. Hold on. Let me show you what I'm talking about. So this is very mm. generic. Celebrate Wisconsin. It's the state of Wisconsin with Madison. Yeah. Um, you sense a theme here? That's Athens. Okay. Looks like an alligator eating a Frisbee. Okay. An alligator <laughs> eating a Frisbee. Okay. You don't yep, see that? Kinda. Never mind. Keep going. <laughs> Here's Chico mm. <laughs> for the quarterback in Green Bay. See how I say that, though? The quarterback in Green Bay. You got to be, be very clever with the way you word those or else copyright infringement, like you were oh, saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I just go straight for it. Most of the stuff that I do on social media is completely uh, <laughs> <laughs> copyright infringement. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um yes i've that's fine no one's no one's gonna do anything about that um but i do have to ask with baseball season right around the corner how do you like being an analyst for bally sports wisconsin how's yeah. that been going for you i mean last year was my my freshman year i got the job probably a couple weeks right before the season started i didn't know what to do didn't know how long it would last so i reached out uh, to social media asking if anybody had a couch I could sleep on. And so I spent the better part of five of the six month season, um, you know, sleeping on people's couches all over the Milwaukee area. And it was great. You know, you, I, I, I really did it for financial purposes because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a career minor league baseball player. Um, yeah. But what I found is the side effect is listening to people that are true Brewers fans and what they want to hear and what they want to see on a broadcast. So I was kind of doing reconnaissance. <laughs> And in uh, this year, I actually get to stay in a hotel. So while oh. I'm here, I, I'm from Nashville. So I, you know, I, I kind of commute back and forth. But um, I, I would say the, the greatest part about it is it's very sweet for me right now to be doing this because I still uh, have several teammates that are still playing on this team. I know a lot of the coaching staff, Craig Council and I were teammates. He'll probably say I was teammates with him uh, more than <laughs> more than the other <laughs> way around. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's it's a pretty sweet gig where I get to sit there and talk about guys that I know and, and see them do well on the field and see and just know the process of what they went to to get to where they're at. So it's a it's a it's a great thing. It's they're paying me to talk about baseball. That's not that difficult. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't think so for someone like you. So what is that like having to not having to, but getting to work with former teammates of yours? Is that is that something that, that you enjoy? You think you can kind of be a little bit uh, different than perhaps someone else could be in that situation as far as getting information or talking to them? Uh, maybe. I think the big thing for me is just expressing how hard this game is. I mean, it's it's real easy to watch it on TV and you're like, why didn't he make that play or why didn't this? And as a guy that's been in the clubhouse for you know almost two decades of a professional uh, arena, you start to realize there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that not everyone knows about, whether it's an injury or whether you know there's life stuff. You forget that some of these guys – are, are actual human beings. It's true. <laughs> they're human really? beings and they have families and they have lives. And, and now they're trying to fit baseball, which baseball is just a huge chunk. You know, they talk about there is no off season. Uh, you know, that hashtag that goes around hashtag no off season. Uh, there really isn't like you have an off season. You're trying to get your affairs in order of being a human, but at the same time you're training. So you never really stop that idea of being in the baseball life. What I want to do is just bring about that these people are human they're going out there they're doing the best they can and kind of get kind of drop that i don't know drop that curtain from you know the behind the scenes of what's going on because baseball is an amazing thing for any kids that uh, watch baseball on tv it is awesome the big league clubhouse is awesome 
everywhere you get to go and travel. It is amazing. And if you make it there, it is everything you went through. It's completely worth it. Uh, that's what I want to bring to it is just how real awesome it is. Not this awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, A-W-S-O-M-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that, I think that's a really interesting point, Tim, because um, that's something I, I don't know uh, if you know much about my background, but I'm, I'm the play-by-play -play broadcaster for Wisconsin volleyball and Wisconsin women's basketball. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people have no idea. They don't understand that, that you're dealing with actual people. And just like you, a uh, person who's sitting on their couch watching the, the game, they have things going on. They have families. They get sad. They get, you know, they, they have, it's, it's just something I think that fans just overlook all the time. Well, I think it it's really unknown just how many guys aren't cut out for the baseball life. Uh, as long as I play, there's been a cycle and a generation of guys that have come and gone throughout the years. And, you know, you really don't know the average person that's not really big into, you know, especially minor league baseball, but professional baseball, it's just a hard life in the sense that there's a lot of guys that just quit because it is hard. It's it physically, mentally, spiritually, like it's draining. And, you know, a lot of times you don't make a lot of money. Uh, coming up the ranks or if you're in independent ball, which I played in independent ball a uh, couple, three times. But the idea there is that it, it's it's really difficult lifestyle. And what you see on the field, in the on TV, those guys in the big leagues are the guys that have, have overcome a lot of that. And what I like to see is the support staff these people have because every one of those guys in the big leagues will tell you they didn't do it by themselves. They did it. They, they'll credit a coach, a spouse, a parent a brother, a cousin, and you'll just see the ideas because everyone knows somebody that plays baseball, right? So the idea here is to say, you know what, you know who they are, you can help support them and get them to where they want to go. Now you talked about um, staying in baseball for so long and you, you, you stayed in baseball. How long were you in baseball and how long did you play in the minor leagues and what kept you going? Yeah. Uh, I can't do anything else. <laughs> like that's the only reason I kept playing. I kept, I tell you what, I tried other stuff, um, yeah. and, and, and stuff just kept falling apart, but I ended up getting a job somehow. I don't really know how it's every year was different. Um, one year I went to the winter meetings and handed out a business card that said, Tim Dillard, RHP, right-handed pitcher. <laughs> right <-handed> pitcher. <laughs> and just anybody I saw, I'm like, here, here's my card, you know, ended up leading to a job. Um, it, it, I, so yeah, the reason I stayed in baseball so long is because I couldn't do anything else. There's nothing, I, I have no qualifications uh, as it were, but I played 18 seasons in professional baseball. I got about one in the big leagues. So that puts me at a ride around 16 full seasons, 15 and a half full seasons, 15 uh, of minor league baseball. So mm, okay. anyway, if anybody wants to come out with a minor league podcast, just let me know. I can speak volumes into that. But at the same time, baseball is baseball, and there's a lot of different things going on at different levels. And, and I think the biggest thing is once you get to the big leagues, you do make it there. How do you stay there? How do these guys stay there day in and day out? And it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. What is that pressure like for a big leaguer to stay in the show? What, it, what, it, what, what can you tell us about what kind of um, pressure they, they undergo? I mean, they're... Somebody wants your job. You know, there's a union in the big leagues, right? We just got a, we got, we just saw that the MLBPA taking on the owners and vice versa and the lockout and all that. Minor league baseball doesn't have a union because if a bunch of minor leaguers got together and were like, you know what, we're going to go on strike, uh, ownership would go, okay, there's only like a couple <laughs> 7 million people that want your job. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, oh, so they would be like, all right, bye. Sorry, it didn't work out. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very coveted thing. 
anybody that you talk to talk about professional baseball, they're like, man, they always tell you their story. Like, you know, I couldn't play past Little League or, you know, I thought I had a shot after high school, you know, or all that. And everyone does have a story. They're all connected to baseball. Uh, it just it's it's when it comes to minor leagues like those everybody's college age or high school age that wants to get in on that. And once you get into minor league baseball, you just know that there's 100 people trying to take your job. So you start doing the math and you see the guys in the big leagues. I mean, it, there's so many people waiting to take someone's job that that pressure is real. And that's hard. Yeah. You know, I think when you talk about baseball, honestly, it sounds a lot like broadcasting. There's nothing. That's why I'm doing a podcast. There's nothing else I can do. I taking my jobs. I was <laughs> no, oh, I no, my, no. I'm not going to take your job. I need this. My kids got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> your kids will eat. Your kids will eat. But, but the point being that, like, um, if you say no to an opportunity in broadcasting, usually, guess what? They've got a whole line of people that want to say yes. So a lot in broadcasting, a lot of broadcasters, rather, like you feel that pressure to say yes to every single thing that gets asked of you. Yeah, so. I mean, that's what I did when I played. It didn't matter what was asked. You know, you got to be a you got to be a Swiss Army knife. We um, we were talking about catching situations. We, I was on the on the uh, big league flight coming back from spring training. Was that yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Uh, they had a workout here in Milwaukee, but I, I got to be on the flight and I'm talking with several guys and. One of the things that came up was talking about catchers. I remember a few years ago, uh, I was in AAA with the Brewers, and we were in Salt Lake City. And I think it was Jet Bandy was in the big leagues, took a swing and, like, cracked his rib or something or hurt his uh, something. And so it, this was, like, right, like 10 minutes before the game started. And as far as I know, they were going to call up Andrew Susak is who it was, who we had catching in the wings. Uh, so he was scratched that day. They put in Tyler Heineman to catch, but – they didn't want Susak to play at all because he's getting he's getting on a flight the next day, and that's going to be their second catcher in the big leagues. What they didn't have was a bullpen catcher. So they were like, hey, uh, hey, Tim, oldest beardedest guy who was drafted twice as a catcher, who's always looking to be a Swiss Army knife, willing to say yes to everything. They were like, will you be our bullpen catcher? And I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> you just have to say yes sometimes. Like, I and I was actually active. I wasn't like on the Phantom DL or something. Like I was, I could have pitched that night, but I ended up catching about five pitchers um, and even took one of them out to the field. So I was like catching on the field and the umpire's like, Tim, are you kidding me? And I was just like, it's just another feather in the cap of, you know, something I get to say that I did. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, you just have to be willing to say yes to that kind yeah. of stuff. And sure, it does carry over to the broadcast sector. Like you just, you just got to say yes. I played for the Milkmen in 2020 uh, when minor league baseball was canceled across the board. I signed with the Milwaukee Milkmen here, uh, the independent club, and didn't know what was going on. Just kind of stumbled right into it. And I was pitching and they were like, hey, uh, we need you to be bat boy on days you don't pitch. And I'm like, sure. You know, like you had these other duties that you had to do because they didn't have bat boys at the time because of the pandemic. And oh, okay. anyway, okay. I was like, this is incredible. And I, I was thinking, you know, this is going to lead to me getting another job for next year and all that jazz. And it really didn't. It really didn't. It wasn't leading that way. I didn't know it, but it was leading towards broadcasting because as I was in Milwaukee playing for the Milkman, they had a need. They wanted me to come and do two games um, broadcasting. And so I, on a whim, they saw my social media, knew that I was, I was in the area and they were like, why don't you come over and broadcast? So that's kind of how that started. So sometimes it's good to just say, yeah, and be willing to do stuff and kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. And you said yes. And so far the rest is, is history for you. Yes. You know, they, they should have those uh, bat dogs, the dogs that pick up the bats. Yeah. Have, you ever, have you ever seen those? I think it's just one dog. 
I don't oh, it's just this one dog that's no, been training. Like, it's not like a pack of dogs running through the outfield, <laughs> <laughs> you know, looking for bats. Bat dogs. No, I think it's just bat dog. Yeah, that guy's that dog's been around for for a while. I mean, maybe. Yeah, you ever see that clip of the umpire like throwing the bat and the dog never gets to pick up the bat and everybody boos him? Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I think so. It's been a while though. Is that like an older clip? Probably, probably. It if always it's not. Then no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> it surfaces every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how about opening day? Opening day is basically it's here. And here's what I read on the Brewers Cubs. It's going to be cold tomorrow. This is from one of the Chicago papers. National Weather Service Chicago office wrote in an email to the Tribune. We're expecting temperatures near 47 degrees at first pitch with breezy west winds gusting 25 to 30 miles per hour, making it feel like 40 degrees. Yep, that way. Yeah. We're also expecting scattered rain and snow showers throughout the day. Wow. What is it like to have to play in the cold? What will these players be going through? Because it, it happens every year. It happens every year. Uh, you have to learn how to prepare. You just have to, you know, and they always say, oh, it doesn't affect. I was um, I don't know if I was allowed to do this, but today I was part of a, a media uh, Q&A. I, I don't want to press conference with yes. um, Craig press Council. Conference. And that's one of the questions they were talking about playing in the cold. And, you know, he's like it, to sit there and think it doesn't affect you is is false. You know, these guys train. He brought up a good point. They train in, you know, ideal conditions. You're whether in indoor facility or maybe you live in Florida or California or Texas where you know, you're outside all winter long and you play and no one goes out and pitches bullpens in 40 degree weather and in rainy. Like no one's like, oh, perfect day to throw a bullpen. You just don't do it. Right. You know, hitters aren't like, I'm gonna take batting practice outside today. It's so beautiful. I can't see. Like you just don't do that. Right. So um, it is different. But that's what Craig Council was saying. It's just a different environment. It's just a different environment. And to me, I played four years in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, when the Brewers AAA was there and I was in all sorts of conditions. Uh, we had a wind delay one time, you know, a hail delay, tornado delay. Uh, we pitched in when it was snowing. Uh, it was rainy. It was cold. Like you just, you have to figure it out. And it has to do with how you, you know, put your uniform on. You know, it, it matters what kind of jacket you're wearing. You know, I always took a towel and wrapped it around my neck. So there was no warmth whatsoever getting out of the jackets it's about wearing gloves if you need hand warmers i mean if you want to put newspaper in your socks like i did that before like you just find a way to go the last thing i want to be thinking about when i get on the mound or get in the box is the temperature or i can't feel my you know fingers <laughs> like you you, you do whatever you got to do to make sure that is not a factor and i think nowadays we have so much technology and so much access to you know the best of the best equipment so i it, to me, it's it's a factor, but it's not as big as maybe maybe that's perceived at times. Yeah. Two questions for you on that. What is the news? I've never heard of the newspaper in the in the shoes. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing that just insulates them or something like that, right? I mean, I, <laughs> did it work? I thought it was well known. Maybe I, I didn't invent it. No. Oh. Uh, you would just I just found some newspaper. A lot of times it was a baseball America because those things are just sitting everywhere and in, in minor league clubhouses. But you take it and you like I would wear two pairs of socks. I wear a thin pair. And then uh, like my big woolly socks underneath and, and I would put newspaper in between just because it keeps you warm. That I, I thought yeah. that was like a, a thing. Maybe we I should know. Google I didn't know. I've let's, heard of card. We'll stop right here and we'll just Google that. So, okay, let's Google it. <laughs> you want to Google it? I can yeah. share a screen. No, like wrapping up in newspaper. That's like a thing. Like to keep yourself warm. Pretty sure I saw that in a movie. Newspaper? And, and movies socks. don't lie. No, yeah. movies don't lie. I don't know. It's just mm. a bunch of socks that have, look like newspapers when you type <laughs> that into Google. 
like it's printed on yeah, the sock, like right. it looks like a newspaper. Either way, either way, all my toes are here, and okay. maybe a few shouldn't be. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> it's the newspaper that saved them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, so the pitchers, we're gonna, they're gonna have to have a a grip on the baseball in this cold weather for this series against Chicago. But I want to ask you kind of a deeper question about this Brewers pitching staff because it is elite. My question is, how elite is the Brewers pitching staff for this season? Um, I, I, it's gotta be, I truly believe it's the best starting rotation in all of baseball. Uh, it's, and it's hard to refute that because you're looking at the depth that they bring. Um, you look at last year, the, the innings they were putting up, even because they were on a six man rotation, they're being limited. You got to imagine these guys are going to be unleashed this year. I asked Craig council, uh, before a game when they were playing, I believe the Mariners on the road in spring training a few days ago. And I asked him, you know, that, what are your thoughts on this rotation? How many guys are possibly going to see 200 innings this year? And he said, you know, we're not really worried as much about innings. He goes, but I still, I feel like there's going to be 30 plus starts. Like that's in the realm of possibility. And Corbin Burns in his press conference today said, alluded to the same thing. He's looking for, you know, he's treating opening day tomorrow uh, as a, as just a start, a normal start. Just in, you know, he's hoping to have 30 plus after that. When you have guys in the rotation, that are going 30-plus starts, that is a great rotation. And you will get up to 200 innings because they're not going to throw you out there if you're garbage. If you're not good, they're not going to leave you out there. If you're going five innings and you're diving every time, they're not going to leave you out there. I think several of those guys probably could have had 200 innings last year uh, only because they were being um, very careful coming off the shortened season. So there was a lot of just, okay, health reasons. But – once the training wheels are off, these guys are horses. They want to get out there. They want to throw. Um, just looking at this staff compared to, to around the league, um, these guys are these guys are proven. I mean, and they do it in different ways, which is amazing. Uh, Woodruff with the power fastball, Bur Burns with the power cutter. You got Peralta throwing just a slider that is just nearly unhittable. Adrian Hauser throwing a sinker from the sky. Uh, you just, you, it's amazing how they do this in different ways, but at the same time. As long as they stay healthy, which is the asterisk you put on everybody in every sport about everything, especially when you're predicting something. Right. Uh, but if everything goes as planned, these guys are going to be up there, I believe, with you're looking at the uh, the Giants rotation on even years when they kept winning the World Series or 2011 Cardinals, where or even the A's back in the day when that Zito, Mulder, Hudson, like you're looking at some powerhouse guys, Cy Young Award winner uh, Corbin Burns and Woodruff right there in the mix uh, leading the way. Yeah. Um, and they will be, I don't know if you've talked to them, but Major League Baseball is allowing these devices that catchers mm -hmm. can wear and communicate to the pitchers here. I have a picture yeah. of it. If you're watching on Spotify, I guess it looks like that. Um, yeah, that's the first time I'd seen it. Those buttons look like they were superimposed. <laughs> the yeah. numbers, the numbers right there. Yeah, they do. They look yeah. totally fake. Well, but I, yeah, I didn't know much about them until literally today I'd heard things I, I read a couple of articles but i talked to a couple of guys in the dugout today just asking it sounds like uh burns will be using it with omar narvaez tomorrow in opening day and i asked a little bit about what the what the regulations on it how this came about it sounds yeah. like major league baseball is doing this across all 30 teams and you can have five of those devices on the field with your defense meaning obviously a pitcher and catcher 
and you're going to have three extras, which would probably at least go to second base and shortstop. And I'm not sure about the fifth one, maybe a center fielder, maybe a guy that shifts. But the idea here is that it comes with the little rubber thing. They explained to me, I haven't seen one yet, or at least held it in my hand. Uh, but this little receiver that fits oh, in your yeah. cap. Yeah. Do you have a hat? I don't have a hat in my uh, room. I don't have a hat. No. So you know that little, like you take your hat off and you fold over that little flap. I don't yeah. even know what it's called. If it has no. a name, I apologize to whoever, <laughs> whoever invented the name, but you, you put that inside there. And as far as I can tell, it has like a volume thing, but it'll say a number or it'll say a pitch, you know, like, so the catcher hits a button. It's like fastball yeah. and the pitcher will shake. He'll push another button, curveball, and the pitcher goes like this. So the catcher knows what number he pushed. The pitcher knows what he's nodding to. And yeah. if if all else goes right with the guys that are behind him, they can hear, you know, curveball and then they can know what's coming. You don't want your you don't want your guys up the middle not knowing what's coming. And that was one of my questions. I was actually gonna ask Colton Wong during the press conference, but I couldn't work up the courage. <laughs> but I did find out that yes, they are gonna know what pitch is coming. And uh Zach Grinky is on board with it, as far as I've heard. And I think it's gonna be a great thing. It's just it's regulated by MLB, and as far as everyone can tell, it's going to speed up the game a little bit, but it's also yeah. going to uh, you know, totally disintegrate any chance of stealing signs because these things are on a frequency as far as Major League Baseball has uh, confessed is that these things can't be like hacked or anything like that. So mm. it's crazy world we live in. Yeah, I've been, I was wondering about the device for the pitchers, and you're saying yeah. it's in the hat. I do yeah. wonder if, well, number one, like once you start bringing technology, technology fails. Like there, there's probably going to be a, a game or two or whatever throughout the, I mean, it's something's going to not work. And and then you think about like how loud a stadium can get. I wonder since you're not directly in the ear canal. Yes. I mean, asked about that too. I was like, well, what okay. if it gets loud, you know, and, and uh, is my source <laughs> remain yeah. nameless. He's probably going to text me if he watches your show. Um, <laughs> but basically, it's uh, you can turn it up and down. And it's not like okay. super loud. Because I was thinking, what if the shortstop has it and he's covering second? You know, he's getting the guy to go back. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then it's like, change up. And his ear is <laughs> screaming. But you can adjust it accordingly. Okay. So I, I, I don't know if it's going by sound or numbers or what they decided to go on. I think it's programmable in certain ways. Um, mm -hmm. You can record certain stuff and, and tailor it to each pitcher. And I also heard it's, um, you know, it can be in different languages too. C. 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 Yeah. C. So that's, <laughs> that's interesting. I don't yeah. know. I think that's a really inter interesting idea because not only obviously the sign stealing thing, but like you said, just the fact that maybe this speeds up the game a, a, a little bit more. How much could that actually speed the game up in your opinion? Well, I, I mean, I don't care if they speed the game up or not. Baseball's always been baseball. Uh, if they really wanted to speed up the game, if MLB was like, this game's too long, they could easily take out all the, the ads, you know, the revenueing ads, the revenue mm -hmm. uh, increasing ads that they put on with commercials. You, know, you look back at, you know, the 70s, the commercials were not that long. And now you look at today, it's like they're cramming as many ads as they can. So if they really wanted to shorten the game, they would just take away the ads. But that's money. So they have to, they have to cut up you know, different, you know, other ways. And so that's when they start instituting like, okay, you can only disengage the rubber three times in an at bat, which is strange. Cause if you have a guy that can steal the base, once you disengage three times, he's going to steal, he's going to get like a huge, huge lead. He's going to start running and there's nothing you can do about it. So some of these rules are ridiculous, but this right here, I think will change a little bit because sign stealing is a thing. Sign stealing guys are going to be looking in at your signs. Um, and here's the side effect too, you know, so, I will, I'll address your question. Like they, you're, you're going to know the pitch right away. Like you could get the ball back. You could be walking to the mound. The catcher could hit the button. 
because most times pitchers already know what they're going to throw. And so they could already be like fastball and he could look back and go, yeah, your sign could be like this, you know, and then it's just about getting on the rubber and getting the hitter set up. Uh, but I will say this, if, if, if you don't, if you don't buy into this uh, computer armband earpiece thing and you're like, say you're the one guy in the bullpen that's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, then other teams, all they're going to do is study film of you and your signs. And they're going to be like, oh, he throw, you know, two's fastball and, and, and one's a slider. And he likes to throw, you know, first shake first. You know, like they're going to know your signs and they only have to know one guy. They don't have to know, you know, 12 or 13 pitchers. <laughs> they don't have to know one of your signs. So it, it's going to be crazy how a lot of people are going to have to buy into it or at least half and half, because if everyone buys into it and one person doesn't, they're going to be exposed even more. So I, I think this is probably going to be the best way moving forward. Mm, interesting. Uh, where do you fall on robo umpires? Ooh, <laughs> this does not compute. I don't know. If they had a robo umpire, I'm coming out of retirement because I threw a sidearm curveball that would catch the front corner of the plate, but the catcher would catch it two feet outside. So the umpire would be like, now nah, that's a ball. And I'm like, I wish you were a robot, you know, <laughs> golly, like just Gosh. <laughs> the Terminator would have gotten that right. Yeah. You gotta be careful with Skynet though, but those robots, yeah, um, yeah. they are, so they're experimenting with some of that stuff. As far as I've heard, they are putting stuff on the umpires. They're putting cameras on the umpires masks. They are trying to get a zone set in place. I saw a diagram of like Aaron judge and <laughs> Jose Altuve, like where their strike zone would be. Because it's like, how how could they have the same strike zone? Right. You know, it no. would be Altuve's eyes to his you know mid shin, yeah. Um, if it was the same as Aaron Judge, so I uh, they're they're addressing that kind of stuff. You know, kind of going from maybe like the bottom of the letters, or maybe it's the belly button or whatever. But they're really trying to get one system across the board so that when you get up to the box, uh, it already knows exactly where your strike zone is, and it goes off where you stand. So like, if you squat down and get really far, like. That's supposedly your zone. So you could like pop up, you know, like say you yeah. get up, you, you crawl in the box, yep. <laughs> you get down really low. Yep. And then when the pitcher gets aside and starts to go, you just stand up. And supposedly your zone is not going to change. But okay. I think that's the problem with robo umpires. You, it's, a, it's a very touchy thing when it comes to guys' stances. Uh, and it has to do with like where they're standing in the box. A lot of that stuff, you know, you wouldn't even notice unless you're an umpire who's physically standing there. So I think it's going to have to be a little bit of both. I, I don't foresee it being the norm anytime soon. Um, how often do you talk to Bob Euchre? And what do you guys talk about when you have an opportunity to talk with Euchre? Yeah, I was at his house barbecuing the other day. No, I'm just kidding. Were you really? I was going to say, that's <laughs> I awesome. Wish. That's, I wish. That would be um, so amazing. Yeah, no, uh, I saw him today in the dugout and uh, just said, hey, and uh I don't know. He's he comes in every day. And I think last year was just strange. I mean, we've known each other a long time now, but I don't like to take up his time because a lot of people want to take up his time. He yeah. can't, you know it as soon as he walks in the press box, you already know it. Everyone stops what they're doing. So, like if there's any hustle and bustle and stuff moving around, it just goes silent. And I'll be sitting there writing something down. I'll be like, Oh, I bet Euchre's walking in. And sure enough, here he is coming in. And everyone just wants a little piece, like they just want to say, Hey. Hey, Yuke, how's it going, man? Because you know he's going to say something amazing. He's yeah. just going to say something hilarious. He's going to say something meaningful. He knows everyone's name. He knows nicknames. And I don't know. I don't know how he does it. He tells a different story every single day. But for me and him, it's just 
uh, exchanging pleasantries and maybe bring up a, a, a season years ago, or you remember this guy, remember that teammate? Like he'll pull out some of the most obscure, you know, players. And I'm like, yeah, I was teammates with that guy. <laughs> like I'm part of those obscure players. You, <laughs> but he treats you like you're, you know, the super yeah. most important person in the world, which is really special. So I don't know. I, I don't say we have too many conversations where it's just me and him. It's just, if he's talking to anybody, I think everyone's trying to just get in on it and, yeah. and be around. He Everywhere he goes, just crowds a mess. Yeah. <laughs> just want to listen. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Um, I've been in the in in the uh, in the media room before when Uke has walked by, and you're right. Like the, everybody's eyes just there goes Bob Uecker, and it's yeah. that's got to be a weird, um, a weird way of living. <laughs> well, I would say that's probably the 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 greatest perk about being a broadcaster. You know, it was really hard. I'm thinking, man, I really want to play baseball, but broadcasting may be pretty cool. And then I found out I was going to sit in the press box and then every single home game, here comes Bob Euchre walking by. I'm like, this isn't so bad. This is legit. Yeah. Uh, the stuff I've already seen and heard is, is amazing. So I, I, I would recommend, you know what, if you can't be on the field, be as close as you can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, all right. So I was looking, like I said, I was looking at your website um, <laughs> earlier today. You put out, I, I'm not sure the last time you updated it, but never, never. never. <laughs> You had all your favorite baseball cards of yourself. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember that at all. No. Um, do you have a favorite <laughs> baseball card of yourself? Do you even know? Yeah. yeah. Which one? Oh, yeah. No, actually, I have several. Because um, okay. you get a card in the minor league. So I have, I'm trying to figure out the math, uh, maybe 20 cards, something like okay. that. Uh, one year, I was a prospect in 2006. I had two cards. <laughs> that was a big deal. Um but yeah, the one where there was a season where the card was sponsored by Kraft Cheese. Okay. That was a big one. That was a big one because I was like, ah, oh, Kraft Cheese, man. Who doesn't like Kraft Cheese? One year it was sponsored by Kroger. So that's a kind of a good card. I wouldn't say that's my favorite. Um, there's one card I got in, uh, in, in Colorado Springs one year that just looks cool and it has a really cool spot for me to sign. You yeah. know, like a lot of times when you're designing a card, you don't realize that hopefully people want to, you know, have these signed. And they make them like real dark or they make them what if there's a spot there where you can sign it that goes a long way um so one of those cards is good but my favorite one was done by our team photographer in colorado springs and it's it's imitating uh spoofing the uh, uh keith comstock photo uh, oh. baseball card from the minor leagues years ago where a guy like looks like he missed the ball and the ball hits him in the hits him in the uh what, what what's your podcast rated <laughs> Uh, you can do whatever you want. You can say, I can just it's mark a, as yeah, explicit if the, you need to. Yeah, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, the groin. <laughs> it's a groin shot. It's a groin cool. shot. So, yeah, he wanted to recreate this photo of Keith Comstock. Um, he's like, do you, are you familiar with the card? And I was like, are you talking about the best baseball card ever? Like, of course, man. Like, I grew up. My dad was coaching. I was in the minor leagues. This is all I know. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's there the Keith Comstock for everybody listening or watching on uh, whatever you said earlier. Yeah. Spotify. So, Spotify. Yeah. So like this card was iconic. Like this is everyone laughs at it. You can't do that. You can't help but just love this thing. So I mimicked it the best I could. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a fundraising thing. This guy made the card independently yeah. and and for whatever reason decided I was the player that could recreate that. So fast forward a few years, 2019, I'm in I'm with the Texas Rangers. And uh, so anyway, I got to meet Keith Comstock, he is the rehabilitation uh, specialist there, the coordinator there in Surprise, Arizona. 
And okay. we had a great conversation. He told me the story behind his photo. I told him the story behind my photo. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. That's <laughs> we, awesome. We share a bond. <laughs> God, I want that card. So I'm, I'm a kind of a card collector. Yeah. Um, gotten back into it again, like the last few years. That's the card you need in a PSA 10 right there. That thing yeah. is beautiful. I have a few. I don't know where they're at. I need to look them up. Um, but yeah, if you... Uh, if you need one, let me know. Let me, yeah, I can get one. I can send one to you. You want me to sign it? If I sign it, it might, it might be ruined. So I don't I know. know. No, are you kidding me? Did you see my face? My face has got like, are you serious? Yeah. I, I, I would love one. one of those cards signed. Hey, let me listen to, li listen to this talking about these cards. This is funny. I just saw this the other day and I screenshotted it. Let me see if I can find it. Otherwise I'm just ruining your show altogether. Uh, but I saw this thing. It was talking about a, I'm not going to say what the, it was originally called, but basically an athletic supporter right? Okay. Like a, like an athletic cup, yeah. right? Yeah. This is along the lines of what we're talking about. So I saw this thing. I don't know. It's on the internet. Who knows if it's true or not? Uh, but it says the first uh, guard for that yep. uh, was used in cricket, the game cricket in 1874. Wow. And the, and the first helmet was used in 1974. <laughs> it took a hundred years for men to realize that the brain is also important <laughs> oh my god i love it so much a <laughs> hundred years things first yeah. we need we need a supporter yeah we need something to, to protect and a hundred years later whoa 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 i'm not gonna get out there unless i'm protected <laughs> i'm not taking that field yeah <laughs> that is fantastic anyway i thought that was funny uh, speaking of of autographed cards and crazy sports cards, I think you'd like this one. Let me uh, share my screen one more time with you. Um, this is from, I believe, a minor league player. Uh, okay. I got to hit a bunch of buttons here. Give me a second here, uh, Tim. Um, Benny Montgomery. Benny Montgomery. I don't know Benny. And Benny Montgomery. If you can see his card over there to the, so, you know, <laughs> players get these cards right, and they sign them. <laughs> And he has decided to sign all his cards with like just random stuff. Yeah. So, so he signs Beba Benny and the Jets. I think that is, if you started signing cards, random cards. Yeah. That's a thing, man. I don't know what you can do with that, but maybe that's a well, thing you can do. I will say this. I don't, I can't really see it real great, but it okay. looks like one of those cards that's like pre-signed. It's not like yeah. somebody handed it to him and he signed it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, years ago, this started probably 2000, um, six 2006 or seven uh what they would do is they would send a prospect a full sleeve like a whole box set of cards and of just one card and what you would do is it had a little spot that kind of looks like it has that air or that white uh sort mm -hmm. of you know blanked off area um but they would send them like basically these little gel things and you would sign those and that's what's put over the card the so, sticker a sticker almost like a sticker yeah and um yeah, so you would, guys, I, I never had them. I had roommates that had them. <laughs> so sadly, if you're looking for mine, it does not exist. Dang it. And what happens is these guys will sign. I mean, we're talking like a 1,000 cards or like 5,000 cards, but they do get money. They get like so much, you know, a quarter, let's say, per one so or a dollar. So, of course, you're going to sign them all and it, you get, a you know, a check. So these guys would sit there and sign and their hand would hurt and it'd probably affect them when they're trying to play the next day. <laughs> and there was guys I remember that were like, listen, you know, they would pay other guys like, Hey, would you sign like a hundred of these for me? No. You know, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm not going to name names. I know guys. Wow. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, but I think, I think I've, I've even filled in and, and, and signed some guys' names on there. 
So what I'm saying with that one in particular, with Benny, it yeah. looks like he just got creative and was like, you know what? If I have to sign 10,000 of these, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to have fun with it. And so props to him. I don't know if Bowman or Tops or whatever is mad about that, but no, I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome too. And mm -hmm. what he's done is he's created the demand for his cards. Awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. He's A-W-S-O-M-E. Yeah. You know who I think probably should have done that first? Who? Is uh, Brett Phillips. I feel like that's right up Brett Phillips' alley. He should have done sure. that. Yeah, he would have done some silly I'm stuff. Um, final question for you, Tim Dillard, yeah. because I was I was also stalking you on Twitter and looking through your Twitter account. About time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and uh, you had a lot of memes uh, posted about when Will Smith stood up and, and slapped Chris Rock. It was one of the most amazing things I think I've ever seen. Um, but what was your reaction? I don't know if you saw it in the moment or afterwards, and you started sharing the memes. But what was your reaction to Will Smith slapping Chris Rock? when you saw it yeah i used to love the oscars um that was my jam i love movies uh i haven't i don't even know if i've watched the oscars in the last three or four years it's just mm -hmm. it's not as much fun to watch i mean I for whatever reason it's just not as glamorous or I, I don't even know the word but it's just not appealing there's other stuff going on so i was watching other stuff and then i always check twitter right every couple of 30 seconds <laughs> and it was like you know something going on at the oscars and will smith so i clicked the video and i was like no way this is real and I wasn't going to do anything about it, but like it was real. You know, people were posting all these vote, uh, these videos, and there was a link from Japan that was like, "This is the uncensored version." Yeah. And so you got to hear and see everything that went down. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm not going to comment either way. I don't. I wasn't there. I could honestly care less. But it's just hilarious photos that were taken. <laughs> so I just took them and started making memes out of them. I did the same thing with Bernie Sanders uh, when he was sitting in the chair with the mittens. You remember that one? Oh, you know, yes, like, yes, you got yes. the mittens in the chair, and it became, yeah. like, I think it was like even a bobblehead. So what I did, I like you know graphic design type stuff. So I took him, like Bernie, and I put him in like a thousand photos. He's like in E.T.'s, you know, on the little bicycle going across the moon <laughs> in E.T. Yep. Uh, he's on the back of the of the little uh, motorcycle and dumb and dumber, you know, I just put them in every single thing I could possibly imagine uh, is, is, and I love doing that. I love just overkilling it. And most people don't like it, but <laughs> I do it anyway. Who cares? I it's think the, the overkill is hilarious. I like the overkill. <laughs> well, I'm just, I was laughing so hard. I was just laughing in my, I was just sitting in my house. My kids were like, what is wrong with you? I'm like everything, everything's wrong. But like, I just kept coming up with stuff. There's one where it's like, you know, the pitcher, <laughs> The pitcher's Chris Rock, and it's being slapped by the shift. Like, <laughs> I just anybody that does baseball, pitchers get it. I had a lot of guys, uh, a lot of former teammates that uh, that liked those photos because <laughs> they understand a little bit. <laughs> well, um, that this was fun. I had a I had a blast yeah. talking to you. My 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 mouth hurts from smiling. I don't know. You, you make people laugh. It's it's a good time. Um, so thank you so much for jumping on the Johncast podcast and. Talk a little baseball, and let me, uh, let me, let me show you one last thing. I just want to leave other, everybody with this one last image in their head of uh -oh. of Careful. your baseball card. No, no, it's just, we already saw it. It's it's the uh, there it is right here. One last image. Yeah, oh, look at that. That is Glorious. amazing. Card. It took eighty seven takes, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's all right. I got three kids. It's all right. That's all right. You, you're, you're done. You don't need any nah. more. Um, all right. Well, enjoy the baseball season, and we'll be watching you on Valley Sports Wisconsin. And thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, appreciate it. Go Brewers.
Go Brewers. I wore the yeah. shirt today. There you go. That is Tim <laughs> Dillard of Valley Sports, Wisconsin. Oh, man. If he can hook me up with one of those baseball cards with the autograph, get out of town. That thing will be, oh, my gosh, front and center. Just, I'll put it up behind me if I ever get a real wall. It's a green screen. Hey, uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. A reminder, if you missed my bracket contest with Ian's Pizza, we gave away the TV. I'll have video of that up on social media. And if you missed it, though, um, I had trivia questions for bonus points throughout the last six podcasts. Go back, answer those bonus points or bonus questions, rather, give them to me. And if you get all three right, we'll put a drawing in. We'll give somebody also a $20 me and Julio gift card, another fine sponsor of this program. And once again, johncastpodcast.com for all those Scani related t-shirts. So once again, thanks to Tim Dillard and thank you, you right there for listening to the Johncast podcast.